The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. It is that time again for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up Geeks. Thank you so much for joining us for this excellent Super terrific episode. Super. Greatest American episode. Super. I see what you did there. Yes. I like that, yes, sir. Yes, it's, uh, it's a weak pun, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah, the beginning of the episode. it's it works. I got plenty of time to uh, to figure out something better. Uh, thank you, Geeks, for listening to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit, host of this, uh, this smorgasbord of uh, terrible opinions. And with me tonight, helping me uh, come up with ideas for how to recast or, or re- are you doing a reboot, a remake, a reimagining? A reboot. A reboot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are rebooting, I think, yeah, I'm doing a reboot as well, of the 80s television series, The Greatest American Hero. If you're <laughs> unfamiliar, it's because you're not as old as we are. <laughs> if you're <laughs> under 30, you'll have to look this up. You'll have to look it up. Although I did find a decent amount of stuff on YouTube for it, so that's probably mm-hmm. a good place to start as far as like not having to dig too deep into the internet. Uh, but with me is the voice of GY Precap, The Bruce is here. Hello, hello, hello. You can uh, you can check him out every Monday at uh, GYPodcast.com. Thank you, thank How you. How long have you been doing Precap now? Um, Almost two years. It's getting there, yeah. Yeah, because I, I every time I... I save an episode. I get to see the first episode that I ever did. And it's like May. So it's getting close. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, in April will be four years for GUI. So yeah. you're going to be pretty much dead down the center of about half the time that we've been podcast. You've yeah. been doing precaps. So yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I, about I that. love doing it. I, I have fun. I get to geek out a little bit and, and spew knowledge for about five minutes a week. It also helps you stay on top of everything because oh, yeah. you find out what's coming out on Netflix and what's coming out on DVD and the movie theaters, yeah. like video games, all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. And then I go, oh, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> this week is terrible. What oh, am I yeah. supposed to do for five minutes? Yeah. I know that precap was a good idea because I look forward to listening to it every Monday to oh, figure really? out what happens during the week. Oh, so okay, yeah. it helps me out a little <laughs> bit as well. So uh, th- th- that being said, uh, people that aren't on the network that aren't biased by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> like still, I I can see where they would find some real value in that. I actually so. have more people, you know, listen to this show than I actually know. <laughs> That's always nice. <laughs> That's a good sign. That's a good I sign. don't literally know every single person that listens to my podcast, which is really kind of a good sign. That's always good when there's somebody that doesn't know you and has no reason to listen to you. There's no obligation. Yeah, and they still yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, That's which always is great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So, Greatest American Hero, I think it came out in around 1981, yes. I believe, is when it came out. Yes. And uh, it was a kind of a play up on superhero movies. It was kind of a parody of, not, not necessarily not a parody. Why a parody? But it was taking the concept of the typical superhero genre, which. In 1981, there really wasn't a typical superhero drama. I'm, you didn't have, you know, the DCEU. You didn't have the Marvel Universe. You, you, you pretty you much had, had a Superman. Yeah. Um, you didn't even really have a Batman at that point. You had the 66 Batman movie. Yes. yes. Uh, which was not anything close to what we know Batman to be now. <laughs> no. And it wasn't really, it couldn't even be a takeoff of that because the guy, because, you know, Adam West was a joke and he didn't have any superpowers and he didn't do much of anything sure. except, you know, whip out some bat, you know, snake repellent or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> shark so repellent. Yeah. Greatest American hero at this point, we've seen versions of this over the years since greatest American hero, like blank man and stuff where it's sort somebody of, that, yeah. that kind of is trying to be the superhero without really knowing how to do it, whether they, they are imbued with powers like meteor man, or they yeah. kind of do the Batman version like blank man. Yeah. Um, there's, there's plenty of stuff where they're just trying to figure out how to do the superhero thing. Yeah, for those who are, are actually 
what, 35 or less never saw this show, was it not even alive when this show was on? So, yeah. So about th- about the age of 35 yeah, and under. How many seasons? It wasn't that. Three. Three seasons. Three yeah. seasons. Okay. Uh, the concept of the show was uh, you had a high school teacher uh, who was came across an FBI agent and was abducted by aliens. The high school teacher was given a super suit, which can do all these credible superhero type things. The problem is he loses the instruction manual. And has no idea how to use the suit. And that's why the show is so popular. It's so relatable, you know, because everybody's had that moment where they're given a special superhero costume by aliens. Yes. And then you lose <laughs> the instructions and then chaos and hijinks ensue. Yeah, it's like getting the job and lying on your resume and then having the job and going, oh, shit, I don't oh, know how to do this. You actually wanted me to know how to do yes, the programming yeah, languages. Uh, I, I'm okay. not actually a surgeon, but I did watch every episode of ER. If that's what you're lying about, I can understand... <laughs> I can understand being like just kind of funding how much you know about Excel, but like yeah, when it's just yeah. like, no, I know how to do open heart surgery and they're yes. like, fucking rad. We're not going to check your references. <laughs> There's a dot dude dying in the next room. Cause that's how, that's your interview process. That's the second interview. Is yeah. You have to that's second interview. Open heart <laughs> yes. surgery. Open heart surgery. Okay. I, honestly, I'm behind that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it, it, on the caveat. Unless, that it be, unless you need a ca- catheter put in. Yes, true. <laughs> On the caveat that whoever was getting it performed um, on the, it's free for them. And that's how you sell oh, it. Oh, so <laughs> here's free surgery. Here's free surgery. It's by somebody interviewing <laughs> for the job. So uh, I would cross my fingers if I were you. Yeah, but, well, but you can't because you'll be on anesthesia. And if you don't wake up, it's okay. But look, he's got more invested in getting this done <laughs> than a regular doctor. <laughs> like, he, he's not going to get the job. Well, he's not gonna, really? He's not going to get the job. I mean, you, you won't even realize what doesn't happen. But... It's it's a job. I mean, come on, it's benefits. Which is funny. That kind of happens a little bit with the pilot for Greatest American Heroes, where well as the aliens are like, "Yo, here's the suit," and he's like, "I forgot the instru- I don't know where the instructions are." And they're like, "Bye," and just don't even bother. Yeah. Then they come back at the end of the pilot, like, "You did great." By the way, there's a thing called invisibility. You should check it out. And he's like, I don't have the... Bye. And they just leave again. (laughs) It's like he has the instruction manual. He looks at it, puts it back in the case, this this beautiful case they give him, and it falls out. And it's the only thing that is like has LED lighting on it is the instruction manual. The one thing that has lighting built into it, Mm -hmm. and that's what falls down and he still doesn't notice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you... Did see aliens, you're kind of distracted. That's, I mean, there is that. I'll give you that. You did see some Arlians, so. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as the plot goes, that's kind of, that's the basic idea of the show, and then every episode there's some new power that he discovers from the costume, or there's some new villain, Yeah. and there's, uh, there's like a religious cult that's kind of comes in and out of the thing, and then there's like an evil vice president, and there's yeah, just but but it's very episodic for the most oh, part. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the villain of the week, uh, very episodic. It most everything came from, at least the first two seasons. Most everything came from it was an FBI case or whatever. Yeah, that Bill Maxwell's trying to he uh, trying to uh, deal with. The third season was kind of the monster of the week type of thing, where it's all of. Hey, this sea monster or whatever. Yeah. So would you try to keep it episodic going into your version, your reboot? um, Or would you try to make it kind of a bigger overarching storyline? I would want an overarching. I'd start with the whole episode of the, you know, monster of the week, you know, uh, crime of the week, whatever it happened to be for the first two or three episodes and have that whole let's not throw it down somebody's throat. Let's just slowly get the bad guy, the overarching so bad guy involved. A little bit of both then. Sort yeah, of, where just there's- slowly, because I you get the whole series where it comes out. You've seen the series that, here, here's the bad guy. Here's everything that's going to happen in the whole, what, two-hour pilot. Yeah. Screw you. No. I, give me a little, give me, get me invested first <laughs> before you give me everything. Well, also... If it's only the overarching storyline, then you're not getting any kind of real nuance to each individual episode. You're getting new information about the whole mm-hmm. thing yes. that you might end up forgetting by the end of the season. But yeah. if you have like an individual story that takes place while still building on the overarching story, yes. yeah. then you get a little bit of both. And, you know, that's that's how a lot of shows have done. And I think that's the best formula. <sighs> yes. Really. Just don't give me the the last five minutes of the episode. Every episode you get the overarching storyline. So it's kind of, give me something that's involved within the story occasionally. Sure. Just that whole last five minute garbage. 
I do like um, that I rewatched the pilot recently to get prepared for this episode, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Pam, the love interest, and then later becomes his wife yeah. at the end of the series. Unlike a lot of sitcoms in the 90s where there was this like love interest thing that carried on for seasons and seasons and seasons before there was a payoff. Yeah. Like about halfway through the pilot, she's like, by the way, I'm in love with you, but you're nuts because you ran a cape. And he's like, I love you, too. (laughs) uh, But no, for real, though, I can fly. And she's like this is going to be really weird when you meet my parents next week. And then like, they just start with them dating. They don't, they don't want to be like moonlighting where the show died as soon as the two got together. Yeah. And that was a worry with friends as well. When, uh, when the Chandler and, uh, and Uh, the the other one, Courtney Cox uh, got together because they had, they kind of, it's like, okay, now we have kids. that got to end the show. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, Rachel and, and well, David, uh, David, David Schwimmer, Schwimmer, whatever. Yeah. I'm only remembering one of their actu- <laughs> actual names and one of their uh, actor names. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I kind of like that they started it off with the relationship is starting with, with, of all things, the lawyer that's helping him in his custody case for his kid. His divorce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're 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 starting to hit on your divorce attorney. That is the definition of a rebound. That, and that's and that's kind of <laughs> skeezy too, but kind of. I don't know but if it's because he's got the like nine hundred two one zero curly hair thing going on, or uh... Uh, no, no, that was not that was not nine hundred two one zero. That was fro, like white boy fro, post disco kind of yes. thing going on. Yeah, yes, a little bit of that. Yeah. So uh, as far as the storyline, uh, would you kind of keep it relatively the same, or would you add any kind of like modern nuance to it, or? I, I would like to keep it well, make it a modern day. Okay. Um, you know, you don't have to set it back in the eighties. Uh the whole modern element might add something to it, mm-hmm. you know, the social media aspect of it too, people trying to figure out who he is. But as far this the the whole plot was easy enough, the whole and just you don't need much more than that. You really don't. And and you, of course, you're, when you add an overarching bad guy, which the original series really didn't have, um, you're going to add more nuance to it. Sure. But no, I, I don't think you really have to change the plot much. Okay. Um, I think that it's important for why the show is still kind of beloved by, well, or has a cult following at least after so many years, mm-hmm. is because of its simplicity, like you said. That because yes. it's not an overly complicated storyline, it's not like fucking Lost, the superhero, <laughs> yeah. the superhero version of Lost, where you're like, yeah. I don't need, I've watched every episode twice and I still don't know what's happening. Yeah, as uh, long as you skip season three, it's completely Then you're fine, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. It's uh, it's very simple. You can jump in the middle of the show and not feel terribly lost yeah. about anything. It's it's very consumable, and yeah. I think that format doesn't necessarily work as well nowadays. You need some of that overarching story yes. along with the episodic, like we were talking about. So when people binge it, so they yeah. have they have that absolutely. And bingeability is uh, why I'm kind of thinking of this at, with my version is it being a Netflix or an Amazon kind of mm-hmm. a, uh, I would say probably a limited series where you have maybe three to four seasons overarching like Stranger Things is doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you have an overall idea of what the entire plot is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you're not stretching it out and making it one of those shows where the mid seasons are just terrible because they they, they, they don't the know what they're stuff doing for the end. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, no, I don't want that. And I don't want the etch a sketch where. It's at the end of the season, you can pretty much just, you know, shake the entire Etch-A-Sketch and yeah, and nothing really changed. Yep. No. Also, part of the charm of Greatest American Hero is him trying to figure out how to be a superhero. Yes. So much like Chuck, when he was bumbling yes. through, that's the charm of the show. So after eight seasons, if he's still really bad at everything, mm-hmm. he's an idiot. Yeah. Like, he's just, <laughs> it's now you're not really rooting for him. You're just like, hey, just give somebody Dude, else the outfit, really? man. Really? Like you're not, you're clearly like incompetent, in, completely incompetent. So you, it does have a kind of a time limit. <laughs> it for, it for really at least does that actor playing that yeah. role. You can have kind of a carryover, mm-hmm. which they did try to do with this series. There was the greatest this American Mar- heroine. Yep, uh, that was followed up. That I just think got the pilot was all that. It was a two-hour movie. They knocked down to a one-hour episode, and I've seen it. It really does look cut down. Um, okay. well, I can imagine. <laughs> it really does look... It doesn't hold well, uh, taking a two-hour episode and making it into one hour. Um, they basically... Um, well, in the in the finale, which was basically the finale of the show, they um, the Ralph Hinckley character gets discovered where he tries to save... After he tries to save the president... 
and people know who he is. So the aliens come down and go, you have to give the suit to somebody else. So they find a hot blonde. As you do. <laughs> As you do. Well, it's the early 80s. You have to. It's California. Yeah. Kind of had to. <laughs> that and well, I mean, there's just so many in California at that oh, yeah, time yeah, that you're just like, ah, eh, uh, fuck it, you. Yeah, you that'll you'll do. you'll do. You'll be fine. Yeah. Can you act? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. Nobody's going to remember you after this anyway. It's the 80s. <laughs> Nobody's caring about your acting. Do you talent. look good in the suit? Yes, that's clearly the oh, only. And let's talk about that suit. You mean the fucking pajamas? <laughs> With a cape? <laughs> the cape? With like a three quarter cape? It looks. <laughs> It looks like a leftover costume from like the old George Reeves Superman era, like no, it like looks, black and white television kind of thing. It looks like a mod dress that somebody put tights underneath. Okay, I can see that. It, yeah, too. it's it's got a belt. It flares out just over the hips. I'm like, I, I at the time when I was young and watching him, going, that's kind of weird. And my opinion hasn't changed that much. Going, that's kind of weird. It kind of looked like looks like the outfit the uniform for um work from orcs boss yeah <laughs> like you can see that being in the same universe or futurama or futurama definitely yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> and it's just so unbelievably cheesy but the thing is is that i think added again more charm to the show it did that it made it there was plenty of people that ran into him and thought he was absolutely insane for wearing the costume yep. and because it didn't look like anybody that actually had powers would ever wear that. It doesn't look like an Iron Man suit. It no. doesn't look like a Batman suit. It doesn't look like, hey, I'm about to kick some ass. You'd be like, hey, would you like fries with that at our theme, yeah, <laughs> our theme or, restaurant? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's tirelessly funny uh, to see this dude with this giant like, curly blonde afro running around <laughs> yeah. in like footy pajamas from the future. <laughs> Uh, trying to save the day and being real bad at it. It's just, it's this weird combination of things that I don't think was necessarily planned to be exactly the way it was. I, I don't know. I, I, if it was planned, it was genius. Yeah. I mean, it, and if it was accidental, it was accidentally genius. Yes. I think it, it was just exactly that. Everything kind of fell into place at the just right way yeah. to make the show work. Because on the, on the main level, there's nothing about this that is so nuanced and so original that it's going to like knock it out of the park and make it this amazing cult classic show. Yeah. It's very episodic, very mm -hmm. cookie cutter. Yep. The dialogue is kind of meh. It's not terrible, yeah. but it's not it, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, the acting is so-so. The yeah. costuming is, well, okay, yeah, we yeah, just yeah, talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really just the, the charm of the main actor and just the silliness of it and the unapologetic silliness of it, I yeah, think. Yeah, because you tr he's trying. You can see him trying, and he's trying to be a superhero. He's like, I, I, I've got to do this. And he never could take – he never landed. I don't think he ever oh, landed no. <laughs> once. No, 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 he didn't get the landing down <laughs> He never like, got the all. landing right. It's like just – crash and burn i'm gonna get up i'm fine i was just hoping there would be one episode where an alien's just like just like wiggle your pinky finger and then he just like lands perfectly <laughs> yeah. <like> that's <laughs> like, that's it yeah that was all that's i had to do time really i've broken so many bones <laughs> because <laughs> i couldn't land i have messed up so many things <laughs> this is terrible but the thing is with the, with the reboots i think that would be absolutely hilarious because he you know things like he can't control his speed where yeah. he just tries to take off and he goes like a half a mile an hour and then goes to Mach 3. Yeah. You know, I think that would be absolutely hilarious. Well, then let's start getting into kind of our, our general uh, changes that we would do to yeah. uh, to it. I think the main thing for me is that I wanted to really hammer down just the absolute differences between the, the character Ralph, who is uh, the greatest American hero, mm -hmm. and the FBI yep. uh, buddy of yep. his, uh, Bill Maxwell, mm -hmm. that Bill is this very kind of old curmudgeonly FBI kind yeah. of guy. He's definitely more the like non-PC, kind of on the right side of things, uh, or just... He's he's got like twenty years under his belt. Yeah, well, he's an older older than, uh, and he's than not Ralph. a great FBI agent. He's no. he's kind of middle of the pack. He they expect things from him, but they don't exactly need to expect things. Well, from I'll him. say at for the first person I thought of immediately when casting him, and I decided not to because it was too on the nose. Was uh was Nick Nolte? If that gives you an idea, what kind of character <laughs> uh, Maxwell is? is a, yeah, so. I really wanted to kind of push the little bit more age gap. I wanted to really push the generational differences before as well. Yeah. Like if it's modernized yeah. and you have, um, you have Ralph who's kind of on the like older end of the millennial 
edge of yeah, things. And late twenties. Yeah, late twenties, maybe early thirties. Maybe early. 30s. Yeah. And uh, then then you've got the you know older FBI agent that's just like fucking kids these days don't yeah, know how really to do shit. It. Yeah. And you can have that commentary about the the vast gap in the generations that we have mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, the gap, vast gap in you know job availability as he's working as let's say like a substitute teacher barely getting by where this guy's been working for the FBI for 40 years yeah you know and yeah. just the whole difference in opinion and also uh, changed uh, the at least for my serious one the race of Bill to uh, being a black man okay so that you have both uh, you're able to have that kind of like race conversation as well mm-hmm. but he's also a conservative black man so you can definitely play real hard with that yeah. and, and have a lot of fun with that <laughs> kind of dynamic. Be. Yeah. So, so um, you, you want to do the funny one? Let's do the funny one first. Let's yeah. Let's tear down the, the funny one the funny first. first. Um, how many characters did you go with? Three. The main three. Okay. Uh, I, the main three were really the most important. Yeah. I got uh, three of the smaller characters that I don't have to get that into. Yeah, that's fine. They're two dimensional in the yeah. series anyway. So <laughs> I, when we do our mashups, I'll have, a, I'll explain who they're going to be okay. after that. But yes. So uh, let's see the funny one. I wanted to do a Bruce Tim the animated series version. <laughs> okay. All right. Now you have the Ralph Hinckley character. Believe or- it or not. <laughs> not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm walking on air. <laughs> Believe it or not. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Ralph Hinckley or Ralph. Hin- it's going to be Hinckley. It's not gonna be Hinkle. It's not be Hinkle. None of those. Or it's uh, Hankley or something. Hankley. They changed it for a couple episodes right around the time that uh, that uh, uh, Reagan got shot. That Reagan got shot because Hinkley was the shooter. Yes, John and Hinkley like, Jr. Oh eh. no, we can't do that. No, yeah. no. So, Mister H, how you doing? Yeah, um, no, yeah. no. They were trying to stay away from that for a minute. All right. So, the, uh, mind you, this is going to be the animated version. Okay. Uh, for Ralph Hinkley, I have Jonah Hill. Okay. So I think I didn't want to put him in the live action version. I thought because, about him briefly, but yeah. I just thought it'd be a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think he has the right body frame for that. It, it, it would slim down a lot. A lot. But also there's that he's also not like he's still a broad shouldered, like yeah. shorter yeah. person. Yeah. Which wants something a little bit taller. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. Okay. So Pam Davison is uh, the lawyer. Actually, my version. Uh, she is a co-teacher. Uh, a little more experienced um, from like an L.A. or San Francisco type of school system. Uh, I have her as Kelly Cuoco. Kelly Cuoco. From oh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. And being that this is a Bruce Tim production, Bill Maxwell has to be played by Kevin Conroy. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm super fine with that. He, I could see that working really yeah. well, too. If you don't know who he is, Shame on you. Yes. If, uh, then why are you listening yeah, really. to anything on this network? He is the voice of Batman. He yes. has been the voice of Batman for 25 years. And he's still, when I think the what Batman sounds like, yeah, that's who I think of. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. So that's my original cast for my Bruce Tim version, the animated series. Okay. Well, that's your animated series. I decided to go uh, kind of... Were you an animated, uh, so a little bit more kid approachable, I decided to give the reins to uh, Greg Berlanti who runs all the CW DC shows oh. uh, and give it kind of that oh. tone oh. a little bit. So it's going to be Ow. a little bit of like standing shirtless, looking at the camera away from the person you're talking to kind of stuff uh. um, I, for my funny anyway, okay. for right. yeah. am I not taken too seriously. And I have six characters, uh, three of which being the main ones that yeah. we talked about. And then the uh, other three are other regular show up yeah, characters yeah, or, yeah. or ones that I want to incorporate more regularly. So first one up, of course, is uh, Ralph Hinckley, the main person uh, that's going to be played by uh, Monroe Chambers. And if you are unfamiliar with that actor, he was Turbo Kid in the movie Turbo Kid. <laughs> so, oh, wow. You went deep with that yeah, one. Yep. Um, Turbo Kid. B-side. That's just. Wow. Well, Turbo Kid's very campy. It's very silly. It's kind of 80s. And I still wanted to give a little bit of that 80s campy nuance to, mm-hmm. especially if it's a superhero show, superhero yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give it a little bit of that kind of like classic 80s kitsch nuance. And he yeah. did so well in Turbo Kid. I figured that that would be super fun um, okay. to just put it over the top. <laughs> um, and then the next one, of course, is uh, Bill Maxwell, his buddy, his uh, his kind of like yang to his ying. Yeah. 
uh, is going to be played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. And if you're unfamiliar with the name, you are not unfamiliar with his characters. He's played Kick-Ass in Kick-Ass. Oh. He was in Godzilla. Yeah. He was Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, great actor. And uh, I wanted... You know, you got to play all the characters a little younger for the CW yeah, crowd. Okay, so he's much he's younger. Much younger. He's just uh, still probably got ten, twelve years on uh, Monroe Chambers as okay. as an actor. So he's he's in his like mid thirties. So he'd be just kind of like starting to get a little bit jaded, jaded yeah. on the force kind of thing. And uh, so okay. I know, all right, but, all right. but he's I'm, a little young. All right, go ahead. CW, yeah, it's CW. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, well, the Flash. Uh, in, yeah. in the Flash, looks like he's twelve, and he was a CSI crime investigator, like yeah, crime scene investigator. Yeah, so, true. you know, that's how it do. Okay. All right. Uh, the next one up, of course, is Pam Davidson, the uh, the love interest and future wife of Ralph Hinckley. Uh, so Pam Davidson, until she was Pam Davidson and Hinckley, uh, we've got Jessica Parker Kennedy. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with that person, it, it's uh, actually from the Flash, Nora West. The daughter from the future. Oh, yeah. The flash. She is absolutely adorable. Yeah. But she's got very much like a like she knows what's up. She's very she comes off as very well spoken, intelligent, yes. uh, but still kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, able to kind of at, what I liked about Pam in the series is that she was the more kind of like grounded of the mm-hmm. of the three main characters. Yeah. But she still was able to adapt to the situation pretty well. And I think that uh, that what I've seen from Nora on yeah. the flash, that's she does that exactly in the uh, show that she adapts as needed and doesn't necessarily do it well <laughs> as Nora. <laughs> I can just see her playing Pam relatively well. All right. I'm so. good with that. That works. Uh, next up is Tony uh, Vilcana, which is the like douchey, like yeah. bully kid. Yeah. Um, that, that ends up kind of befriending uh, Ralph, the teacher. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to, I like that redemption story of just this bully kid that like has a chip on his shoulder and he's, he's, yeah. you know, might as well the, see him the in Flash Thompson. Yeah, or the uh, you know in Breakfast Club, the uh, yeah, you know, the like yeah, Judd, got a carton of yeah. cigarettes, the Judd Nelson yeah, role. Judd Nelson yeah, role, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, decided to go with Jake Sim, and uh, you are also probably familiar with Jake Sim as the bully type character Belch in the new It uh, movie from 2017. Okay, uh, so he kind of has that classic. 80s bully look to him. So okay. again, trying to yeah. really kind of lean in on that a little nuance of 80s onto this. All right. Uh, then we've got John Wesley Ship as Adam Taft, the vice president, and that is uh, <laughs> Flash's dad. He's and, or the Flash, the, the original Flash <laughs> yeah. from the original series. Old school Flash. Old school Flash. Uh, he's actually going to be coming to GalaxyCon in uh, in Richmond in May. Oh, excellent! So I'm very excited to meet him. I just figured, yeah, I could see him being like the kind of vice president dude that's being kind of pushed by big business to try to get into presidency kind of deal. I want that to be kind of my overarching story uh, that runs through is that basically there's a major corporation um, that is pushing through a vice president that is kind of a religious zealot that's backed up by a religious cult, which was all stuff that was kind of introduced in the first episodes of, and also doesn't necessarily not, connect with things going on today with big business mm-hmm. uh, in bed with uh, with religious zealotry in the vice presidency. And, you know, but <laughs> not, there's absolutely no tie-ins whatsoever with whatsoever. the reality. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, then there's Nelson Corey, who was the big, like big business dude that was kind of pushing through this, uh, the vice president trying to get him to, uh, to, you know, become president. Yeah. And that'll be played by William Catt, who was the original. Oh my God. Ralph Hinckley. <laughs> so I try to do that when I can, because I love how that worked out for the flash. That yeah. They got the original flash to play yeah. the dad of the flash. Yeah. So it made sense to make the big bad in the shadows, mm-hmm. the original greatest American hero. It just, yeah. I think it would be super fun. So that's my funny. Um, And yeah, I, I really think that just kind of, pushing the campiness at really hard on the funny would make it, it wouldn't necessarily hold the same tone as the CW shows. But what I also like is they all have their own individual tones a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it would come off as this, this like weird kind of nuanced eighties homage thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go, but I, I'm kind of interested to see how it would work. It would be fun to watch. Yeah. At, you know, again, if it's a limited series, you have a couple of episodes. Yeah, sure. No problem. Let's give this a shot yeah. and see what it is. And you know, Hey, Absolutely. So uh, you have a serious one yes, as well, right? Yes, I have the serious one. Being the Batman fan that I am, I'm going 
Christopher Nolan style. Okay. Yes. Christopher Nolan yes. directs Greatest American Hero. Yes. Because, Dear well, God. Yes. Because, well, I mean, he took a very serious, very grounded tone with Batman because nobody, none of the villains had superpowers. Sure. I mean, even Bane, who should have had superpowers and shouldn't have been, <clears throat> we'll, we'll yeah. get off that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, but still, I think he could do, you know, hey, what happens if a real person gets these superhero abilities? So I'm going to start with Ralph Inkley with Michael Sarah. Okay. okay. He has the body style. He has the kind of, I'm a dork, but I'm a dorkable. Yeah. And he's likable. And he, he can play. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, crap. Can I have to do this? I mean, yeah, he's played kind of a superhero-ish character before. But, you know, I think he could do this. But I, he does something that I've always kind of enjoyed with uh, with my heroes. That's why I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones so much, is that he could play the accidentally successful type of hero. Yeah. Where he does a thing and he's like, oh, shit, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I think for a greatest American hero, that's the yeah. perfect kind of approach. Yeah, I, I could see the scene where he pops in from invisibility and look, what, I'm invisible? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Or just flies over the people he's trying to yeah. get, but he knocks over a thing that creates like a mousetrap style yeah. like uh gag. The, 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 the Rube girl Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Yeah, yes. type of thing. Yeah. Um I could I, I would see him trying to take you know, take a cat out of a tree and then accidentally hitting Mach four. And <laughs> taking the cat into orbit. And just, just the tr half the tree goes. <laughs> He's still got the branches <laughs> and the cat in his hands. See, that, just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That'd be beautiful. super fun. All right. For Pam Davison, I'm going with Aisha Tyler. Ooh, yes. Yes. I'm very familiar with the comedian yeah. that also plays, uh, oh, what's her face in Archer? Archer. She plays Alana. Alana. Yeah, Alana. Yeah. Alana, yeah. yeah. And she is a great actress. I think she, and she plays, you know, a little bit older than the Michael Sarah character. She's the experienced teacher. She's the experienced one who can be a little bit grounded and go, motherfucker, what? Yeah. They're <laughs> just like, oh, God, he's a child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Of, yeah. But he's adorable, so yeah. you kind of have to love him. Yeah, and he means well. He's got a really good heart. Yeah. So, and that goes a long way. All right. Now, this one, the, the Bill Maxwell character, I think is absolutely perfect. Fight me if you think I'm wrong. I'm fine with this. John C. McGinty from Scrubs. He played Dr. Cox oh, on Scrubs. Oh, man, you're not wrong, actually. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I'm he kind of that plays that little sedonic asshole. He, he, he just, he's like, yep. Fuck the world. And him uh, <laughs> going kind of along with Michael Sarah. I yeah. can see that just being where Michael Sarah, almost like in Scrubs, yeah. looks up to him a little bit, mm -hmm. and but just gets shat on constantly, <laughs> constantly. by this sarcastic, like just yeah. jaded. Yeah, I'm dude. trying to help you, but you are not helping the situation <laughs> at all. I really like that casting, actually. That's uh, I'm mad that it didn't even come up in my head <laughs> as a as an option. I think I did pretty good, but yeah, that's just that's real good. Okay, hell yeah. So that's your uh, your serious. That's my serious one. Okay. My seriousness here uh, is actually kind of relatively close, not as far as the actors go, but I think the Thema thematically, tonally, tonally yeah. yeah, I decided to get as far as showrunners go for this for the serious series uh, reboot are uh, two writers that you may very well know from both uh, their script Zombieland. And they also did uh -huh. Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Oh, hey, now uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. So they're they are the writers for Deadpool and Deadpool Two, along with you know help from uh, one Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. But they also wrote Zombieland and and produced as well. So and, they can do a little bit of that funny. They know how to do the funny. But they can also the, in those movies there are definitely moments where it gets really to the heart of. Yeah. It, and there's still a lot of like you still care about these characters. They're yeah. not just throwaway. There's yeah. still some real like soul to it. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted that to drive through with Greatest American Hero that, yeah, it is campy and goofy, but you're really, really rooting for this guy the whole time. Just yeah. kind of, because the story isn't just about him learning his powers, but it's also just the tale as old as time story of a person realizing their potential. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the whole feeling for Greatest American Hero. And I think they would be able to tell that story relatively well, give it the heart, have you rooting for him when they're being a dumbass. Uh, which, <laughs> speaking of dumbass, that's a person that I cast for Ralph Hinckley, kind of along the same, same mm -hmm. lines as uh, your Michael Sarah. I yeah. went with Jesse Eisenberg. I was so expecting you to say something else. Oh, we were thinking. Jay Baruchel. No, that, I really thought deeply about Jay Baruchel <laughs> for this role. But he's so 
kind of negative in his in his kind of like silliness with the way yeah. he portrays things and i wanted somebody that's a little bit more kind of <laughs> aware of their own yeah. awkwardness <laughs> uh and not like just dejected from it but more just like well that's that that sounds about right yeah <laughs> kind of okay approach. yeah so i decided to go with jesse eisenberg but if there was going to be a role for jay baruchel as there always should be yes <laughs> it would 100 percent be ralph Pinkley. yeah of course so uh, and I thought that would be really interesting to see Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, I I thought about Woody Harrelson for a minute because their whole yeah, team up yeah. in Zombieland isn't too far off from the kind of dynamic mm-hmm. that we're looking for. But I went with somebody that knows how to intimidate the shit out of a person uh, and can be that like really distant, like shitty, but you're still kind of charmed by him person, which is Keith David from They Live and The Thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and also recently he was on a show called Future Man as a uh, sexually ambiguous scientist. Uh, <laughs> That's the one that had to stop him from getting like herpes or something. Yeah, shit mouth like herpes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even him being this like weird, like, weird sexually ambiguous scientist, he's still mm-hmm. like, he's still Keith David. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. He's still... Still very a very intense presence, and I thought that that would be really interesting to see them kind of playing off of each other. Um, I think, yeah, Keith David just kind of takes over the room when he comes in, and Jesse Eisenberg's kind of like meekish response to stuff you know, yeah. in, in the movies would really play well with that kind of character. So I thought that'd be a fun dynamic. Uh, then for Pan Davidson, I wanted somebody that was a little bit sarcastic, would kind of eye roll at the idea of like superheroes in general. Mm-hmm. So their superheroes are dumb. Kind of the sarcastic the Emma Stone in Zombieland kind of character, yeah. but not Emma Stone. I, I didn't, that just didn't seem like the right casting in this case. Not in the, yeah, no, I, I wanted somebody that was both like kind of pre- being annoyed at the whole idea of a superhero thing, but secretly kind of like, kind of likes it a lot. Yeah. It's like, it's adorable. Um, and nobody can play that better than Aubrey Plaza. Oh, wow. Yeah. As I mean, that's yeah. just kind of her whole thing in parks and recs was that yeah. whole, like, I hate everything. Everything is dumb except, you know, I guess I, I love like you, it. you idiot, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. So I definitely wanted to kind of give that nuance a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's And also that, her being able to make that hard turn into like heinous evil bitch in the courtroom, I yeah. thought would be just really fun to play with that she's like sarcastic, but still kind of on the side and everything. You've seen her in Legend, right? Uh, 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 like, God, what was it? Uh, damn it. It's the X-Men uh, TV show series. Oh, oh, uh, uh, I... Uh, why but now i'm just thinking legend uh yes, because you said know. that yeah but uh, yeah you know it. legion legion yeah. yeah but yeah she she can play that she's incredible oh in that God, show yeah. yeah but yeah she can she can pull that off yeah absolutely Definitely. then uh my three villains are uh, not my, my one side character and two villains uh, yeah. tony villacina villacana uh the uh the kid um <laughs> that uh is kind of like the yeah. the understudy the padawan yeah too, uh, which i would like at the end of the series the suit to be passed on to him is what i would do yeah it would seem kind of the natural thing yeah. like he kind of got taught how to be a good person um, from watching from yeah. watching yeah. this guy and then gets to kind of like the beat him yeah bucky or the falcon for captain america that yeah. kind of thing yeah. it just makes sense and uh so i went with uh, mj anthony and you may know him he was the son in chef he was in krampus he was the kid in jungle book Okay. He's a little on the young side, but he's around like 15, 16, like okay, right now. Yeah. So, so he could grow into he it. He could grow into it. After a yeah. few seasons, he'd be like, you know, early 20s, and that would be kind of a good time to kind of young, but get, yeah. you know, yeah. young upstart superhero. <laughs> so then there's Adam Taft, the vice president, and I wanted somebody that was just feeling kind of stuck in the middle between this like big business person backing them and wanting to be president and also realizing how fucking evil they're becoming. Yeah. And I think Jason Bateman would be fantastic in that role. Wow. Because <laughs> he, he can play an asshole. If you've ever seen, oh. was it bad words or dirty words where he tries to win the spelling bee? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I know what you're talking it's, about. Oh, man, he is such a shitbag in that movie, but you still <laughs> love him for it. Yeah. And I really wanted to pull that through. Uh, also, it's just Jason Bateman. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never, I don't think there's ever been a time where he makes the, a thing worse by being. Oh, no. no, 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 no. Only helps. And then the uh, last part is Nelson Corey, the big business dude. I wanted somebody that had some real, seemed very thoughtful, was always a few steps ahead, but also kind of emotionally unstable a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought Bradley Whitford. Uh, that you may remember from West Wing. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. a number of other things. 30, uh, what is it? 30 something. Uh, uh, 
Studio 30 on the Sunset Strip? Uh, Studio, Studio 60. 60, yeah. On the Sunset Strip. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was the villain in, uh, in Billy Madison. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's been in tons oh, of God. stuff. Yeah. I think he would be a great, like, you know, CEO of major corporation pulling mm-hmm. the strings behind the, yeah. uh, the curtain kind of character. Uh, and he can play it very comedic. He can play it very dry. He's an incredibly versatile actor, well-spoken, um, has some real nuance with his facial t- tics uh, mm-hmm. when playing a character. And I think that you'd want somebody that can be subtle, but also really put across a lot at the same time. And I think he'd be able to nail that. I, I agree. And uh, yeah, so that's my serious for for this one. There you go. So um, ultimately, what are you looking to get out of a sequel to uh, if if let's say there is it, there is a world that somebody wants to and it's been bandied around a little bit do a greatest yeah, American yeah. hero series. What do you think? Why is it important that we do a greatest American hero reboot or remake? I really think it's important to. I would want the story arcs to always kind of go with, you know, you don't really have to have the super suit to be a super person, to be the good person. You know, he could take the suit and just be a schmuck and do the bad things because there was, in the series, there actually was a person who had a suit before him and did bad things with it, Mm -hmm. so they took the suit from him. So, he, yeah, he knows it's possible, um, but still, just be that good person. Help the world. I also like, and that's something that, you know, we haven't really talked up to this point, uh, besides just the Great American heroine, yeah. is that this suit isn't like theirs until they die and then it's, they're buried in it. Yeah. This is something that's passed along between people that when, you know, the world needs a hero, they find someone to yeah. be that hero. Yes. So it's almost in that Doctor Who sense that if you do a really good job at setting up everything... Mm-hmm. You could have it be a Doctor Who type character. Somebody else gets the suit at yeah. a different yeah. town, different part of the world, yeah. something where it's it's kind of changing the dynamic of the show enough to keep it fresh. Yeah, uh, for a very long time. As long as you don't do what the BBC does, put out four episodes and wait eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, maybe not do that. Yeah, let's not do that because I know there. I know there are actually more than thirty actors in England, so um, you, you wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> by literally tell. all of BBC. <laughs> Oh, but you know, hey, put out you know ten episodes a year. You know, some make it good quality, yeah. and then when you know actor A leaves, you have pass it over to this person who can be female, who can be male, who cares? Pass yeah. it along. I uh, we're kind of at where we're going to talk about mashups, and yep. wasn't able to get some mashups from. I didn't have a chance to post up about this episode today. Yeah, uh, work was incredibly busy. Yeah, but uh, do you have any ideas for stuff that you'd like to mash up? Yep, I got one. Okay, I got one. I've I've got a couple too. So, so uh, Grace American Hero, welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, Carter. Yeah, welcome back, Carter. Cotter. Cotter. Remember okay. Welcome Back, Cotter? Yeah. I okay. remember the in the most vaguest of terms. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have a teacher. It's Gabe Kaplan who uh, has the uh, sweat hogs, which is what always reminded me that uh, Hinkley's, uh, Mr. Hinckley's kids were like. They were the sweat hogs of the 80s were mm-hmm. supposed to be. And I just think having that as, you know, you got John Travolta, you got other people in there as well, uh, as... You know, the, you know, Gabe Kaplan gets the suit. It's the, you know, it's the 70s. And he's a superhero, but he also has to teach, you know, the sweat hogs how to be good people and, 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 and sh- be not be a schmuck. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. okay. So, yeah, that's, that's my mashup. So, you're, you're taking the kind of school's approach to it. Yeah. I did one very similarly to uh, where I, I figured the school would be an interesting take in. Um, it, but it wasn't necessarily a mashup with Greatest American Hero so much as Greatest American Heroine that it was passed on to Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, you know what? If you made that skin tight, yeah, I th- I'm good with I, this. You're good with that? <laughs> I'm yeah. Good with this. And just somehow work in Rage Against the Dying of the Light as like her thing she says as she just punches bad guys. Yeah. Rage Against the Dying of the Light, motherfucker. Yeah, or something. Or just, something yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, She's got to get through to these kids, which is exactly <laughs> what he's doing in the series where he's yeah. dealing with troubled youth and special yeah. education. And and uh, so you've got her kind of in that same role um, and then also determining how to become a superhero at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only problem with that is that something that was really uh, criticized about Dangerous Minds in the first place was the whole white savior th- aspect of yeah. that show. So then when you give 
the white savior complex character actual like <laughs> super otherworldly <laughs> powers it's just like upping the ante so much yeah fucking yeah let's let's let, no messiah complex there whatsoever and then in the uh in the climax of the series they nail michelle pfeiffer to a cross and it's just oh, like wow. a little too overt wow thank you. Too much. you you went for the passion right there yes, um the, the passion of the greatest <laughs> american hero <laughs> <laughs> that that's, mashup. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the mashup. That's you really the mashup want. right yeah. there. You actually, it is the mashup that really needs to happen. It's the passion of the greatest American hero, yes. where Jesus Christ has the super suit, <laughs> and that's how he's doing everything. Like, Remember, Bill, you denied me three times. <laughs> Man, if we don't get a letter for that one, oh, man. we're not trying hard. Yeah, enough. exactly. No, I oh now now all my other mashups seem stupid. <laughs> I would have loved to see a, a crossover event. Well, of course the crossovers with the other CW shows for my funny. Yeah, yeah. But there's no real explanation needed. He's yeah, just a jackass yeah. at being a superhero. Yeah. And Barry uh, Barry Allen's like really understanding of it because he's like I've been there, buddy. And <laughs> yeah. there's like a nice and sit Green down. Arrow was trying to kick his ass. He's trying to yeah. kick his ass. <laughs> Barry has to sit down, talk with him, makes him feel really better. And, yeah. Like, it's really heartwarming, and then. <laughs> And Oliver is just like, get the hell out of my way. Yeah. You're, you're, you failed the city. Yeah. You, fa- <laughs> you failed the city. Uh, but the mashup I would have loved to see in the 80s is the A team. They both they both had the same director, the both uh, same producers. Yeah. So yeah. it could have absolutely it happened. happened. Yeah. Imagine if they like ran across like there was an FBI thing that they were all A team was also investigating and yeah. they teamed up to figure out the answer. And they were they, both in Los Angeles. And, they could have worked. And like, it, it's not like the shows wouldn't have been able to work together. Yeah. It would have 100% congealed. All it would have taken is one plot that you just add in. Crossovers. Yeah. yeah. You add in like both of them and then you see how they work together. And then there's that like Scooby-Doo meets kind of thing at the end where, yeah. where they're like, well, it was a pleasure to meet you, greatest American hero. It's yeah, like, no. <laughs> I, I would I would have loved to have seen um, uh, Bill Maxwell and Hannibal Smith just trying to pick each other's brains. <laughs> oh, That'd have been great. Absolutely. And and you also have uh uh Howlin' Mad Murdoch trying to figure out how to take the suit off of him and wear it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, him trying to wear the suit and do stuff and it, thinking he's actually doing it. That'd be amazing. Oh. Maybe something with the alien ship, which is something I also wanted to incorporate into the series more because it would pop up every so often. Yeah. And not really a whole lot would happen with it. They didn't really develop no. them much at all. No, and they I, were just kind of the, yeah, here's the suit. We're just remembering that these are aliens. Okay, yeah. cool. By the way, remember, this was alien technology. Bye. Yeah. And just left. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think A-Team, it, there's no reason that it couldn't have been done. No. And uh, I feel like it's a real missed opportunity lost uh, to the ether of the of history. Other than the fact that two shows were not at the same time. Oh, they weren't, were they? Yeah, no. 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 Eighteen was what, later eighties? Uh eighty four. Eighty four. Okay. Yeah. So barely. Barely. If it had gotten maybe one more season, that would have been a nice oh, lead into Yes, exactly. That would have been fantastic. Oh man. Greatest American hero. Why couldn't you have just yeah. stayed up for one, one more, more year? One more year. Well, the question is, would A-Team have happened if maybe that was the push to get A-Team on the air? Uh, was... I, I don't think so. He had so many damn That's shows. True. He had like 40 shows or oh something. My I was God, looking at yeah. that. Uh, Stephen Cannell. Is where yes. The, you know how you had the, um, he was typing on a typewriter, kids, and he would throw the paper over his shoulder and, then, da, 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 yep. da, and it'd come to see and it'd be Stephen Cannell. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he did everything. Everything. Absolutely. Everything. They're like, yep, just blank check, do whatever yep, you want. Yeah. All right, now we are coming to the fateful moment where we do our trailers. Oh, God. For Now, uh, did you want to do your funny or your serious for your uh, trailer? Um, Let me do the serious one. The serious one? Okay, I'll do I the think serious one. Normally, I do the funny, but I think the serious one is going to be just more fun for me this time as well. Yeah. So, Just because I want to say the in the world. Okay. And uh, did, did you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> let's, let's have the bar higher and then lower it for me. Uh, yeah, well, I'm definitely going to be a lowered bar, so you're not yeah, going to okay. have to jump over yeah. anything because I'm always laughing through my shit. So here we go. <laughs> I'm going to pick up my music and then uh, my trailer for the reboot of Greatest American Hero. War, turmoil, poverty, starvation, pestilence. A world in pain. A world that needs a hero. A country that needs a great American hero. This fall, 
the reboot of a 1980s classic TV series that shows the world what a hero looks like. Starring Jesse Eisenberg as Ralph Hinckley, a substitute teacher just trying to make things better in the world. He meets up with Bill Maxwell, a down-and-out FBI agent, ex-drinker, that discovers there's more to this universe than just this planet. Bestowed upon him is a cape and costume, allowing him superpowers never seen by man before. Ralph goes on an epic journey with his main squeeze Pam as he fights against the nefarious plans of Adam Taft and Nelson Corey, played by Jason Bateman and Bradley Whitford, respectively. This fall, he's great. He's American. He's the greatest American hero. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that yeah, one, actually. You know yeah, what? that turned that's, out pretty good. It's not too bad. Not too bad at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do this show just because I wanted to go on the radio and say one time, say, in a world. It feels so oh, good. Yes, it does. It's so nice. <laughs> and then I do the, like the echo and pitch change effects on it too. Yeah. So that when it comes out in post edit, it's like deeper and echoey. Yeah. And wee. <laughs> that's really, that's the only reason we're doing it's this. Is so that there's an excuse <laughs> to get all my friends to be able to do that in a world. In a world. So. <laughs> radio guy voice. Get radio guy voice off. <laughs> That's all. It's dueling radio voice guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all it is. So, uh, whenever you are ready, I will. Uh, I will press play here. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I can do this. Here we go. In a world where the world needs a hero, where America needs a hero. Ralph Hinckley and Bill Maxwell, two strangers on a lost road, find a super suit. The ugliest damn super suit. <laughs> but it has powers. It has abilities. It doesn't have directions. <laughs> Michael Sarah, John C. McClinty, and Aisha Tyler in The Greatest American Hero. Nice. I dig it. I dig it. That was solid. Heck totally yeah. had no idea what I was going to say there. The ugliest, uh, ugliest costume. That's honestly what makes this fun is just coming off the cuff. I've gotten slightly better, which means I'm still incredibly bad yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's so much fun um, oh, yeah. I really do uh, want to stress to those that have not seen Greatest American Hero yes you don't really have to have seen it to have enjoyed this episode of, of Smack My Pitch Up I don't think like no it's, no it's a pretty cookie cutter show for the most part but there is some real charm to it yeah that go watch the pilot it's two hours you know it's geek it's 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 getting that just that little bit more reference that you wouldn't have got otherwise. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? It's just a fun addition to any um, video collection as well. Yeah. I know you're going to be able to find like the complete series or at least the first season on DVD or Blu-ray on yeah. Amazon for cheap. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not going to be that expensive to pick no. up. <laughs> if you want to knock out five bucks and like get, a, oh, get yeah. the first season yeah. or two of Greatest American Hero, I'm sure that's doable. Uh, just go through the link at uipodcast.com. I had to throw that in there. Of but course genuinely, yeah. I think it is yeah. kind of important to to check it out because it is it is one of the first real superhero TV series. And uh really kind of was. Yeah, I mean, I mean you th know. there was the like the the Batman serial series from the 40. Yeah. There was the the George Reeve yeah. series as well. But there really um, wasn't anything on TV at the time with superheroes. Well, back then also they really weren't sure what superheroes were when those series were out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, there was also, of course, the Wonder Woman series. Yeah, that's probably yeah, the first. Yeah, yeah. The, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, Greatest American Hero was early on its uh, yes. on its bringing yeah. to television. Where it's so. not. <laughs> hey, every other damn show has a cape on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as we're getting more and more superhero shows out there, I mean, they just 
put out the trailer, the teaser trailer for the first boys trailer for Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, which the boys, I loved the series, read the entire series, mm-hmm. uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, the Runaways just uh, released season two recently. Yep. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, of course, Disney is pulling all the Marvel shows from Netflix. Yeah. But they've already announced a bunch of stuff on their streaming uh, app that they're going to have. And you got DC Universe has got their streaming app, yep. which has got like six shows on it now or something like that. So there's clearly a major market to have these shows out oh, yeah. there in the world. And uh, I can't imagine why, you know, whoever has the pro- the property rights, I think it's Warner Brothers actually, but I'm not sure. Oh God, I wouldn't even know. Um, I would assume, yeah. I, th- I think I did read that, but also they were showing uh, scenes from Super Friends on the pilot episode of, yeah. of Greatest American yeah. Hero, which I feel it was probably because Warner Brothers had the rights to both. I, I don't know if they actually had the rights. I think they just kind of did it. Or just did it. It was the 80s. Yeah. So people yeah. just did stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Lawyers. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, this is one of those shows that as much as I hold it in high regard and I love the show, I think... It it was so cheesy at the time without them really knowing what they had when they were making it that it deserves to give, uh, yes. give another chance. It's been enough time yeah. that the nostalgia is kind of there, but it could come back out and it would be it would do well. Yeah. I really think it would. Yeah, this is one that I'm actually not mad about the idea of a reboot or remake. Yeah. There's stuff we do all the time that like uh, no, the Back it. to the Future episode yeah. that you listen to where it's like, yeah. I don't want it to no, happen. No, no, no. Like nobody's saying. <laughs> yeah, well, because y- your your partner on that one was like, hey, I'm going to reboot it and you're like, N- just give me number four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just number four. Just, I want to see, I want a reboot of this. Yes. I, I don't, I, well, the thing is you can't get, you know, you can't get Robert Culp in it. I mean, you can get, you know, uh, William Cat to you know be in it, but no, just make it a reboot. There is also the option that you could do basically kind of both a sequel and reboot at the same time because the suit passes on. You can yeah. have William Cat show up as an old great yeah. American hero yeah. to kind of tell this new person that got the outfit, you know, what it's like, what kind of struggles they're going to go through, but it's all worth it in the end, kind of thing as an intro, kind of like a Michael Knight and in, in Knight Rider type thing where they they kind of did a sequel to it, and he was like, yeah. I, he was in a scene or two. It's you know, like the Batman sort of Beyond thing. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it, that wouldn't be too difficult to do. They tried to do it in the first place with Greatest American Heroine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I can't imagine why that wouldn't be a thing that works. So, you know, just a few ideas out there as yeah. I know that it's being kicked around. So, yeah. And, you know, everyone in Hollywood listens to Smack My Pitch Up. So everyone. Everyone. Every, last time I was there, everyone was talking about it. Everyone talking about Smack My Pitch Up for sure. And honestly, I'm at the point that if some of our ideas get stolen by big Hollywood uh, bigwigs, we're good with it. I'm so fine with it. Yeah, just <laughs> let just just let me go to the premiere. And you know, the premiere would be great. Yeah, and also just being able to see the thing that I like came up with, and be like, they totally stole that from me. <laughs> Especially if it's something that I was just being funny. Yeah, like, oh, they took me seriously. Was, you know how direct I was when I came up with that idea. Oh my oh, god! Oh man, when I thought that John Waters should direct a He-Man live-action movie. Yeah, they. <laughs> They, those, oh, that's a great idea. They, those crazy, crazy <laughs> son of a bitches finally did it. Um, yeah, so again, thank you so much for listening to another fantastic episode of uh, Smack My Pitch Up. Uh, this was a super fun one I've been looking forward to because, well, I haven't had you on in a minute. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, it's and, been such a long time since I've actually been able to come to the Casa de Hobbit yes. and, uh, and, and, do this and we're gonna get you on uh gui very soon i think um i'm gonna uh, talk yeah. to you and, and we're gonna get something nailed down yeah, here for good, that good good and uh also yeah definitely check out gui precap uh usually every monday yep. um yep unless there's something but most yeah. of the time yeah. uh, on mondays and uh which i love that like clockwork every monday there's a little five minute thing that kind of tells everybody <laughs> what's happening for the week yep because you are from the future i am from one week in the future don't yes. ask me who wins the super bowl because i don't want to tell you <laughs> yeah but if I you see me driving a new car next week, you'll know. Yeah, that's what happened. That's like the one good thing from a week in the future. Yeah, a week, <laughs> one week. Can't do a whole lot, but you can do that much. So uh, again, check out GUI Precap. Check out Geek Some of the Influence. Uh, other episodes to smack my pitch up. We're g- gonna get more regular with our releases here uh, going into the new year as things are settling down from all the crazy that was 2018. <sighs> I'm so glad to see that year go. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Wait till we fuck up this one. Yeah, that's true. No, it's still young, <laughs> still early. First month of the year still. So, um, But yeah, check us out at GYPodcast.com where you can find links to all of our social media. There's also links in our store page to our T Public site where you can get your own Smack My Pitch Up t-shirt or cell phone covers, stickers, coffee mugs, 
um, all sorts of stuff Schwag. available there. Swag. There's also a GUI precap shirt. Yes, up there I, as well. I gotta get one. Stickers. I really do gotta get one. It's a cool looking shirt. Dude. It really it's, is. Uh, yeah, it's Bruce to the future. Yeah, it's kind of weird wearing a shirt with your own name on it. Uh, it's like when I'm wearing a Smack My Pitch Up shirt where it's got my face on yes! it and it's poking right at the top of my hoodie, <laughs> you know, like and it's screaming it's at people. Baby yeah. you. <laughs> like, it's a bizarre feeling, but well worth it. Yeah. And uh, it won't be your head on your shirt. It'll be mine if you uh, purchase it at uh, GUIPodcast.com slash store. And, uh, you know, definitely follow Smack My Pitch Up on Facebook and Twitter. We usually release what episode we're about to do, and we ask for mashup ideas from our fans. So uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes or have mashup ideas, you can send it to uh, text or voicemail at 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. That's our hotline for voicemail and uh, text messages. And uh, our normal rates apply, that normal let me Let me do the damn number because I'm so used to doing You are doing it. Do it. Yes. yes. It's 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. Yep. You got it. Yep. It's not like you do that every <laughs> Every <episode>. week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Uh, let us know what you want to mash up with what, uh, what other episodes we should hit up on Smack My Pitch Up and uh, Reboot, Remake, Sidequel, Sequel, re- Reimagine, all of that junk. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. As always, you just got pitch smacked. Shut the fuck up, Bobby. Wrong. Wrong show. GUIPodcast.com <laughs> <laughs>is Mike the Hobbit direct from Fallout on a trivia night telling you to come here every first and third Monday for trivia between 8 and 10 25 cent wings drink specials prizes and tons of really inappropriate trivia it's a lot of fun do you guys agree (laughs) definitely come out and enjoy trivia every first and third Monday at Fallout